This is Danny and Dusty. Meringatang is going to be a thing. You're not coining anything new. With Danny Meringue and Dusty, the fan man Hera. All throws and monkey sounds in there and call it good. The old Danny Meringue pie. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. The fan. Good afternoon. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Ah, there he is. Danny Meringue, Dusty Hera, Jeff Rust. It's here. Feels comfortable again. We don't have like a revolving door of uh, people. People in coming general. in and out. Yeah, yeah. Give yeah. It a, Rust give, is here. Give it a few weeks. Good. Yeah, yeah. Until you go get your hip <laughs> done. Oh, uh, Festivus is behind us. But uh, would you like to air some grievances that you have today? Because you're not supposed to be here right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm actually not supposed to be here right now. Why? Because insurance sucks. That's what this comes down to. For the fourth time in the past 30 days, I've had to reschedule my MRI. That sucks. Yeah. I'm thrilled about that. Uh, I was supposed mm. to not be here for the basically the first hour of the show while I was finishing up my MRI today. Mm. Uh, instead, um, my dumb insurance company, who will remain nameless because they did pay $100,000 for my other hip, uh, which went flawlessly, by the way. Flawlessly. I sang their pra- This time last year, I was yes. singing their praises. Look at you. I was singing their praises because it was wonderful. I had zero red tape. It was bing, 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 bing. We tried to do literally the exact same thing. Yeah. And there has been roadblock after roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. They don't want you to be happy. No, they don't. Um, the cool thing is, though, I have a fantastic surgical team. And I have a wonderful physical therapist Uh who are all working together to give the insurance company the double bird. (laughs) All right. So Um, maybe you just uh, what you need to do is go to whatever doctors are giving Carlos Correa his physicals (laughs) Uh, because he is now. No, he's fine. He's fine. Going back to the twins. Look, he's one failed physical away from being back on the Astros next year at this point. Uh, If it falls apart there. Like, everybody's going to be looking around like, all right, you tried San Francisco, uh, you tried New York, you tried going back to Minnesota and calling no counties. If He may end up in Houston on this one. If you don't know, uh, Carlos Correa, he's uh, down, he's $100 million lighter in the pocket than he was before. $115 million lighter. But he's going to the Twins. Supposedly. Um, pending a physical. <laughs> and there's a vesting interest on his yeah. contract. Basically. That leg mm-hmm. must be devastatingly bad for this to happen. The ankle, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. What I've never might, seen anything like this. What it may be is they're just saying, like, "Hey, man, this is gonna." They're they're going to the team and saying, "This is gonna be our arthritic, and you want to give him ten years," which makes a lot more sense as to why the Twins are shortening that offer and going two hundred million dollars for six years. On it instead of making an eight or nine or ten year play and saying we'll give you three hundred million because of the fact that they're going this this ankle is is not going to hold up for a decade. This maybe this, you can get five good years out of him and they're willing to say all right if we get five good years out of him then it. that sixth year we'll pay him no, for for nothing. This is um I, I hate saying this this is Brandon Roy of ankles. Yeah, like the Blazers knew they had a limited amount of time yeah. with Brandon's knee. Yeah, that was the reality. Yeah. So uh, yeah, like, you just he's like, need... like he's really good, but uh, we'll get... it's gonna go. It's gonna blow up. Hey, Rust, call Scott Boris. Uh, tell him that we need to get one of those doctors on the line and send Danny to him, and they'll get him right in. Yeah, yeah. So it reminds me of the old Chris Rock bit when he says, "You know, shouldn't we call insurance in case S?" And he goes, "If S doesn't happen, shouldn't I get my money back?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. All right. 
uh, they can't make it easy for you. Can't make it easy. No. Much like TCU hoisting a national title, uh, they're not going to make it easy for you. No. And, boy, we have, an, we have a bludgeoning that we need to discuss today. Yes, we do. Uh, I think what's really interesting about that is you think that they stop, they wouldn't put snuff films on regular broadcast television, mm-hmm. and yet that's exactly what happened. Boy, that was, that was you want to talk about no doubters? Oof. The national championship game last night was a no doubter a from the opening kickoff. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was a big Twinkie. Also, uh, I no doubt burned money last night. Yeah, you did. Yeesh. Yeah, you did. You came in in yesterday. I was like, ah, I feel like TCU will hang. We'll talk. We'll, we'll break this game down, and we'll we'll point to where it went wrong, like uh, when they kicked the ball off, uh, or the first play of the game. Yeesh. TCU jumped offside the first play of the game, and I went, uh oh, they're they're tight. This ain't gonna be good. Yeah. But um, th- we will break the entire thing down. But you said yesterday, you walked in, you said, tell me why I'm not crazy for, for, for betting TCU. And I tried to tell you why, but, but it was a lot of things had to go right, and they mm-hmm. didn't. No. They didn't go right at all. They didn't go right at I all. I wasn't comfortable taking that bet, but I was like, I think TCU will hang. Like, I, I knew that Georgia was going to win. Yeah, but not like that. And I even joked to you, and I was like, "Well, they got they got a touchdown on the board faster than the Ducks did." And I was like, oh, "But they may give up more points than the Ducks did." And they did. Uh, they got beat <laughs> by more points than the Ducks did. And so Oregon fan rejoice on that. Yeah. Um, but that game was, shoot. If you're an Oregon fan, you're going, "Hey, all right." I mean, on on the big stage, yeah, we sure we got embarrassed, but. Not by, not 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 that bad. We we put at least we put up more yards in them, <laughs> and it was uh, a story of crippling uh, turnovers too. Oof. Crippling turnovers, the story of the game, and bad uh, turnovers. Yeesh. Well, it was it, that game was, and we'll talk about this. Wait, I don't want to get into this right now. No, we're gonna have, are we gonna get into this right now? No, because that game felt like the Oregon game in the first half. It did. It we're did. already on our second sports topic, and it's still the first segment. You guys did this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, we, we, we were sports ten, tangential when we were comparing my yeah. my injuries and Carlos Correa's, which, I mean, they're probably not that far off as far as absurdity. Uh, no? As far as absurdity yeah. goes? Like, everybody knows that it's going to end, and it's not going to end well. Oh, I wouldn't compare you to Carlos Correa. Wow. Like I almost ever. Wow. <laughs> I would. I mean, that was quite the jump that you made, like though. That? And, yeah, I appreciate the confidence in you. Has Carlos Correa ever fallen out of a helicopter? <laughs> not I, that, bet you, I bet you his ankle wouldn't hold up. Not that I know of. Not that I know of. So, yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, things that we got to get to today. Uh, the Georgia TCU national title, which we will. Um, I we've got another conversation kind of that dovetails into that is um, uh, okay this is a machine now David Pollock definitely upset Nick Saban last night mm. that was abundantly clear um, by saying that Georgia controls college football now did mm. you see the look on Saban's face when no he said I didn't that? see that it was at halftime he Saban looked down and was like I'm going to murder you and the rest of college football. And it's going to happen. Well, like the back, if if there's one thing that David Pollock will be known for, it it is not his career as a football player. Three time All American at Georgia. It will be 
the fact that that clip is going to be pay, played for every single Alabama booster, it's probably in their inbox right now. <laughs> and Nick Saban you're, you're is saying, you're not wrong. We must stop this. Yeah. Because, and, and because, because I was Georgia sitting, is running it right now. Right, oh, they absolutely are. They absolutely are. And who can compete with them? Uh, because the, the, let's be honest here. It's not Alabama right now. It's, it's, it's sure as heck one TCU. Um, who can't compete? And when you, when you look at Georgia's schedule next year, oh, buddy. It lines up really well again. Lines up really well again. They don't even have an organ to, to deal with. Thump. Yeah. They play UT Martin, Ball State, UAB as their um, non conference games. And then, of course, Georgia Tech at the end. Over of the under year. 250 points in those three games. Over. <laughs> over. <laughs> Over, over, and over, and over, and over again. Be- and then this is the thing. They also miss Alabama. Mm-hmm. They miss LSU. Mm-hmm. They miss, I don't care what you think of Texas A&M, they miss Texas A&M. They still have a crap ton of talent. Um, they they miss every tough team from the SEC West, with the exception of they have Ole Miss on their schedule. Um, they've got, obviously, their SEC East opponents in Florida and Tennessee. But we saw what they can do with them. They have Auburn in in a crossover. It's just mark it down. They'll be in the SEC title game at least. It lines up real well. And they'll do exactly what they did with TCU this year, where even if they lose the SEC title game against whoever it is, they'll be going to the national championship game next year because they're going to be undefeated. And that's the bottom bottom line. Ooh, I almost (laughs) sneezed right there on the air. Um, They're going to be absolutely loaded. So who can contend with them? We also got a lot of meat on the bone left over from the NFL. We have a ton on the NFL. Oh my goodness. We 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 didn't even delve into like the big stuff we wanted to talk about with Seattle and Detroit going forward, the uh coaching dismissals. Oh, we got coaching carousel too. We do. Um Jeez. playoff matchups. I mean, we have so much to get into on the NFL side of things. Yeah, and uh, we also need to make sure that we get uh, to the other college football news, which is Alex Grinch is returning. So uh, that should be good with all of the quarterbacks coming back in the Pac-12. <laughs> and the new ones coming in. Um, all right, so let's get to it. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Um, last night was a butt-kicking of Epic proportions. proportions. Georgia is living on a different planet right now. This is Danny and Dusty on the fan. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Sixty-five to seven, the Georgia Bulldogs flexed on the TCU Horn Frogs. Um, it doesn't get much more pretty than what. Georgia did in that football game. Whether it is the 300 yards passing uh, from Stetson Bennett, the 254 yards that they put up by committee on the ground, or uh, it was holding the TCU Horn Frogs to 188 yards of total offense. This is an offense that's been putting up numbers all year long. Georgia put the clamps down in a way that only Georgia can, man. That game was in Butt whooping. Yeah, I was just looking at something real quick. I was like, this looks a little weird. It got so sideways that Georgia had eight different players rush the ball. 
Yeah, it was it was truly bu- like well, like they just. But I mean, like they emptied, and you look at the the receptions. It's two, four, six, eight, nine different players caught a pass. Like in every phase of the game, you look at the defensive stats. It is a mile long of dudes who contributed a tackle or, or a counting stat on the defensive side of the ball. In every phase of the game, this was a throttling that we just, we've never seen. Yeah, and we talked about this yesterday during the show on if TCU was going to make this a game and if they were going to cover, there's a lot of things that needed to happen. And one of the ways that they had success against Michigan was they were able to get home with three and four. They didn't have to bring extra guys to, to get pressure um, on the quarterback, and they were they able to be mix it up and use their speed in the secondary uh, to cover up and really confuse Michigan offensively. That was not the case. <laughs> It, they couldn't get home. They had to bring extra pressure, and their speed that was a, a plus against Michigan was a minus against the Georgia Bulldogs. And here's the thing. That game felt eerily similar to, to the Oregon first half in a lot of different ways. Um, one of them is that, you know, there were drives in, in after a big explosive play, you know, TCU ended up getting a turnover, or excuse me, getting a touchdown where Oregon turned the ball over after their explosive plays early. And then at the end of the half where TCU turned it over and gave Georgia a short field, that was actually where Oregon got a field goal and actually Mm -hmm. got on the board, and it was 28-3 at half. The big flip in that is that TCU gave up another touchdown, and that thing was out of hand in a hurry. 38-7 to at the break. That is what kind of like there were there were these feelings of oh boy a penalty on the first play of the game TCU and Oregon both had those right they they just they weren't ready no well I I think they were ready they just got overpowered and outmanned and outgunned I think like you look at it and you say are oh, you put a game plan together but Mike Tyson legendarily said mm-hmm. everybody's got to play until they get punched in the face yep. Well, they got punched, and they didn't know how to respond to that, and that was the most freakish display of athleticism and dominance that you will see because TCU is a damn good football team. Don't get it twisted. They are good. Just like Oregon was a good football team. Yes. When Georgia – the games in between Oregon and TCU, you could tell Georgia got bored. And they got battle-tested in that semifinal game, and that woke them up because they had not been truly tested until that For game. weeks. And the thing was, I thought Georgia looked bored against Ohio State in the first, close to first half. Yeah. They didn't look like Georgia. Yeah. They, looked, they looked like they were sleepwalking through the first half of that game. And then that second half, that second half of that game, they looked like they did all game against TCU. Yeah. All cylinders. It's a monster. full bore. It, it just roared, and there was no. Duggan was a Heisman candidate for a reason. He was phenomenal this year. Yeah. He was neutered. He, eyes as wide as saucers. He passes that he normally makes didn't make them. Hesitations or to take the ball down and run. Left, right, and center. He did not know what was going on. He was just completely and utterly taken out of that game from the jump. And winning the battle up front, man, that was one of the big keys. And with Georgia, you you mentioned neutering uh, Max Duggan. 
they were able to have the benefit of not being not needing to bring pressure mm-hmm. and that helped everything else and look Kendra Miller being out is huge because what that did for Georgia's defense is it allowed them to just put a bracket over the top of Quentin Johnston and say we're going to take him away yep. and we don't we don't care what's happening on the other he side of the field one catch for 3 yards and the the other time he got open uh, Duggan got pressured, and this is the thing: when they dialed up pressure, and when they brought somebody extra, he got hit. It was incredible to see how quickly they got through, and that to me on that play where he threw the interception, he had Johnson on that post. The linebacker got through so quickly, he ran past Duggan, fell down, got back up, and affected the throw. Like that is, he was through in an instant, mm-hmm. and. When you can do that, if they had Kendra Miller in, who he's not going to sit there and be the guy that is, you know, he's going to put the team on the back and, and win it by himself. But it you have to respect, and this is where what, what I talked about yesterday, is you have to have balance if you're going to attack this Georgia defense. Oregon moved the ball effectively against Georgia's defense because they were more balanced. If you are not balanced, you are SOL against this team. Yes. Because they said okay, we know you can't run with without Kendra Miller. What we're going to do is we're going to bracket Quentin Johnston and we're going to say, go beat us with your backup running back. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to go ahead and do that. We're going to have our linebackers you know, play safe and play at home, and then they'll rally to running the ball. We want to keep Max Duggan in the pocket. And they did that, man. They, they, their, their contain, their leverage on the outside was masterful. Every single time Duggan brought the ball down from his ear and looked to go, there was some Duggan got smacked. Yep. Over and he took big shots all game long. And this is Texas eighty eight on Georgia was a stud. That's something that I mentioned yesterday. <laughs> Jalen Carter not being on a snap count. The dude. He is everything as advertised, and they just let him loose. And that is a that's a scary proposition for everybody else. But this is where like the, in, in all of those things that, that happen in Georgia being able to take a team away defensively, we know what they're built on. Mm-hmm. Where they are the most scary, and this is what happened with Oregon, this is why it was also eerily similar to the Oregon game, is offensively, okay, if, you, if they have a speed matchup against you and they know that they have the speed matchup against you and they can beat you over the top and you're struggling on the outside, Lad McConkey getting loose because you have to bring extra pressure. Mm-hmm. You ha- If you're not able to get pressure with your base and you're not able to do what they did against Michigan, which is with three and four, and you have to bring extra help to make Stetson Bennett feel uncomfortable, Lad McConkey went off against Oregon and Lad McConkey went off against TCU, not only because he was healthy in both of those games, mm-hmm. but because when the third option... When he gets loose, I thought Herbie did a decent job of pointing this out, but it is, for Duck fans, you'll know because Lad McConkey killed Oregon in a very similar vein, is that he got loose so many times because he has a linebacker or a safety responsible for him, and their heads are on swivels. And when they're trying to bring pressure, Georgia does a great job. Todd Bonkin has done a phenomenal job of replacing blitzers, feeling where pressure is going to come from. That's where McConkey feeds, and that's where McConkey Find those pockets. And Stetson Bennett, being 25 years old, he knew. He did an incredible job of just knowing where his guy's going to be because he has a mastery of this offense. That was a textbook butt-kicking. I mean, it was... 
And then when they put the backups in, the backups scored. Yeah, that it just and the backups held them. Blanked TCU them too. Wanted to score yes. to make it more respectable. They couldn't. No. That's how good this Georgia team is. Did it feel like Brock Bowers had the game that he had? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When they needed something, which was rarely. They got it to 19, and they, they schemed up so many different things, whether it was they that cut that he made mm-hmm. on, on the little, I, I don't know if it was a shuffle pass or reverse or whatever they did, where he made a cut and he brought it back against the ground. I was like, that is a massive human being doing He this. should not be doing that. No, he's a freak. Now, Bowers, McConkey, Washington, they all showed up. Yeah. And it was just like, my again, McConkey makes less sense than anybody in college football. A guy that yeah. that size being that good, but Bowers, I mean, he's he's that guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's likely the best tight end in the country, uh, along alongside um, was it uh, Mayor at Notre Dame? Like, yeah. He's a Sunday player, and you just start looking at how like you can take away one, you can take away two, you can take away three, and this is where Georgia is so insane, and we always. Just in general, we always try to talk ourselves out of the Georgias of the world, the Alabamas of the world, when they are who they are, because the season is 12, 13 games long. And in that stretch, you see maybe a little weakness or a little loss of focus. And in reality, it's just, it's damn near impossible yeah. to keep that level up the entire season. You will, it will wane, it will dissipate. Yep. This Georgia team. Is this is is this version of Georgia better than last year's? Uh, with the the version that had fifteen guys drafted and was it six in the first round? Mm-hmm. Uh, they might come. They might come close again. No, I, and this is the, this is crazy to to say. Uh, no, I don't think they are. They might have five first round picks this year. Yeah, yeah, they might have five. <laughs> but last year, think about this: they had those five, mm-hmm. and then they had this, the the fifteen guys that were drafted. But they they played a more complete team mm-hmm. in the title game, and they they won by double digits yeah. in that one too. You know, it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy. We always get stuck in the the in the moment. Yeah, but I think the four best teams I have ever seen in college football. Are last year's Georgia, mm-hmm. the Joe Burrow LSU title team, pretty good, and then the USC Texas team in 05. I think yeah. those, those those are the four best teams in college football I have ever seen. And you look at those rosters, and you go, "Oh yeah, no, that makes sense." Because there's like 55 NFL players on those four teams. I I will tell you something though. This this may not be. And look, it's really hard. That LSU team. That was freakish. That's the most dominant doing. offense we've ever seen. But this LSU team is is doing something that we can say this is... This Georgia team. Or this Georgia team is doing something that we can say is different than what anybody else has done, which is they have created a dynasty, mm-hmm. and they have done it in the playoff era. Yep. And that is... It's supposed to be... It's supposed to be impossible. harder yeah. to do. And they're doing it. And they have a running start on anybody else in all of college football... They've recruited their butts off. They've withstanded, uh, you know, defections, defections from their uh, coaching staff. They've withstood the attrition that comes with guys leaving early, mm-hmm. and they're doing it in the era of the transfer portal. That's pretty special. It's gonna be. It's gonna be interesting to see how much longer this can go on for. Yep, and they got a they got a damn good head coach, and he is cut from the same cloth as Nick Saban is. Mm-hmm. And you could see he has his Saban tendencies. One thing that I loved about him last night, though, was his willingness 
to show his appreciation and excitement for what was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, like he 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 was embracing the moment yeah. and, and cherishing the moment that would that was and not, going on with this not bell checking it. Well, not sabining it, yeah. where he gets mad when you pour the Gatorade on him, and because he's thinking about how he's going to recruit for next, next year. year. Yeah. Like Saban would have been, if he was Saban's up thirty-eight to seven at halftime, he'd have somebody on the phone in the locker room recruiting for next year's team. Like it, it, it would have been on that, play and it would have been like, problems in the first half. Yeah, no, we got to clean this up. We can't allow the broken coverage in the backside. You know, that that kind of thing is the Nick Saban. They are a monster, and I don't know how you're not ready when Kirby Smart says this to you pregame. Yo ass is prepared for this for 365 days. I think about in that locker room. Think about getting our opportunity. All the went through this week to get ready for this game. Now is when you pay the price. You go out there with energy, enthusiasm. Hey, now, ain't nobody in this room should be cautious. Ain't nobody in this room should be nervous about Go out here and Don't think about scoreboard. Don't think about You think about knocking the out. Did you hear what Box said on Monday? I sat in that I wanted to go aren't grinning ear to ear you never played this game 59 seconds of audio and i think 24 of it was bleeps <laughs> if you aren't grinning ear to ear you never played this game all of those things that he said they wanted to do they did them mm-hmm. you know you knock them on their blanks on offense mm-hmm. knock them on their blanks on defense knock them on their blanks on special yeah they did they left no doubt in that game and kirby smart has it, it He's the most successful man named Kirby since the vacuum cleaner guy. This is, I thought you were going to go with the video game, but okay. This is incredible to see what he has built at the, at the University of Georgia. And this is a reminder to everybody. It took time. People like mocked and made fun of the Kirby Smart hire when, when he was hired and after their first year. Because the good thing you moved on from Mark Rick for this guy uh, he is building an absolute monster mm-hmm. at Georgia. And it's fun to see. It's fun to see. And here's the thing. Everybody wants to say, well, this isn't good for college football because who can beat them? We've had this conversation before. Yeah, Bama. We, and it, the answer was Georgia. Well, the answer was Clemson. Yeah. And now it's Georgia. Yeah. You know, Clemson and, and LSU and slid in there. <laughs> we're just trading haymakers back and forth. Mm-hmm. And that kind of is like, this Georgia team does feel like they're on a different planet right now, mm-hmm. though, and that is always a, a scary thing for a lot of a lot of football fans. Is uh, all right. Well, then who's got a shot? And that's an interesting question of who who all right who can step up to the plate next year and say all right we want a piece of Georgia. Danny and Dusty on the fan here's Rust with Sports Center. When I wake up in the morning, love. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. All right, uh, college football playoff national championship game last night, 65-7. to uh, That is not just the largest margin of defeat 
in a national championship game, it is the largest margin of defeat in a bowl game. Ever? Period. Period. Ever, ever? Ever, ever. Uh, do you know what the previous record was? No. 70-14 to 14 Army routing Houston in the 2018 Armed Forces Bowl. <laughs> yeah, it had to be one of those service academies. Yeah, well, I didn't think it'd be Army running the triple option. They, they get you, man. 70 points. They, but, they, when uh, they, when they run the points, they do. Uh, so 65-7. to 7. Is it, is it, that's a record breaker. Uh, and they're back-to-back national champs, which makes it even that much more impressive. Uh, they've done it with this big target on their back. So now we move forward and we, we take this look at the world of college football, and there's like a panic in the, in the era of, are, can anybody contend with the, with the vaunted Georgia Bulldogs? And look, they are really good. And I already went over their schedule for next year. You can go ahead and just pencil them into the college football playoff next year because they had a game scheduled with Oklahoma. The SEC has forced them to move on from that mm-hmm. because Oklahoma is moving to the SEC. So they have like UAB, Trent Dilfer, uh, Ball State, and UT Martin as their non-conference games. They and are, they miss Alabama. Oof. They miss LSU. They miss uh, what's their butts? Uh, uh, Texas A&M from the SEC West. They've got a... They've got a very easy schedule next year as well. Um, but with that said, who else can contend with them in, in college football? Who is built to to put up a fight against uh, a team like Georgia, which is we saw how deep they are because TCU wanted to score. They wanted to stop them, and they couldn't against the backups late in that game. No, and that's the thing is that <sighs> – it's probably going to be a couple years, but we talked about this yesterday, and the whole idea of the thinning of the depth through the transfer portal and what that could ultimately lead to is that it does open up some opportunities where a team like Georgia, let's say they don't have an NFL backup behind Jalen Carter. Yeah. When he misses time during the season, during the season, um, and that guy ends up at a Miami or Florida State, or yeah. Florida, or, you know what I mean? Like, just even in the same region, even in the same conference, yeah. or in the ACC, and ends up at Clemson. One of those powers. Like, if we looked at the ESPN put out there too early for next year rankings, and they got Florida State number four. Florida State's going to be damn good next year. I looked at that, and I was like, will they? And then I started looking at them, and I'm like, God, they really, they really will. And with NIL, and with recruiting, and with transfer portal, and the way things are, we had the same discussion with Alabama. They're just too big of a monster. They're gonna, yeah. you're never gonna be able to knock them off. Well, where are we now? Yep. And that's the thing is, I this just opens up another door. Could it be Oregon? Could it be USC? Could it be Michigan? Could it be Texas? No, probably not Texas. But you know what? Maybe yeah. Texas or Oklahoma. Maybe them moving to the SEC. Maybe that does change the calculus. Well, they got some time still. Like uh, that's gonna be in a couple years. But but you understand what I'm saying? Like yeah, the, I do. that that movement might cause some things because all things considered, look, man, if you're a college kid, are there many other places you want to be other than UT? Uh, Well, yeah, there's a lot of places, money, where money is. Uh, And there's a uh, University of Texas? Yeah. Yeah, there are. There are. You think so? Yeah. I think that you, what Texas, the allure of Texas, it's not that much different than 
Georgia. Than Athens? Yeah. It's not that much different than <sighs> a USC or any of the Blue Blood programs because, look, you are so insulated. It's like, hey, yeah, spend your time in Tulsa. <laughs> or uh, uh, Tulsa, Austin. You're not getting out and going around and about very often. That's you true. are so insulated when you go to these places. Austin is great. Austin is nice. University of Texas, fantastic. But when all things are considered, you you want to win. You want to get the money in in NIL and, and I'm just using all Texas these places, as a, yeah. a singular example. Like, all of these places, they're pretty much the same now. I mean, they're all of them have incredible facilities. All of them, and you want to get to the NFL, right? That's the other big part about this, and that's what you know. Georgia will sell you. That's what. Tuscaloosa will sell you. Then you have places like Tallahassee where you're in Florida. Heck, Mario Cristobal at the University of Miami has been selling it, and they they sell that really well to recruits. I mean, it's a the, the also playing boat field trips. In, yeah, boat trips. The playing field in recruiting has been it's been pretty level. Miami I mean, has the one up though. They do have the boat trips. They do. Like a they boat. Absolutely do. Listen, a, a boat trip down the Klatskan Eye is not nearly as cool as a boat trip off the coast of Miami. No, 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 it isn't. Um, but if you're looking at teams that can contend, Ohio State will be good next year. Yes. They'll be damn good next year. They return Marvin Harrison Jr., Igbukum. They, they've got, they've got dudes their line is coming back. They're gonna, they are going to be They'll really insert a quarterback good. because they, they turn out college quarterback monsters every year. Well, Kyle McCord, uh, I believe, was a five-star guy. Mm-hmm. It's Marvin Harrison Jr.'s uh, high school quarterback. His Heisman odds are just behind Bo Nix for next year. <laughs> Hasn't taken a snap in college, and he's a top He has. He started. He started against oh, did, Akron. Did he, oh, did he start that game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, last year. So he is they, – they are going to be loaded with talent yet again. They're going to be really stinking good. Um, so Ohio State is going to be in that conversation. I think Florida State will be in it. Alabama, like everybody's like, oh, Alabama's apparently dead now because Georgia's good. <laughs> yeah, they're right there. They're fine. And Penn State might be pretty dang good next year. Quarterback's going to be a big one because Sean yeah. Clifford may not be uh, the most jaw-dropping quarterback in, in college football. But that man had a mastery of the system. Um, at Penn State, and I, the thing that I was most surprised with is the physicality that Penn State brought to that um, Utah game. And Penn State's an, an interesting team, and I want to I want to keep an eye on them. And then, look, uh, here's the biggest problem with a school like USC is the depth and physicality that Georgia plays with. Yes, and the, Clay Helton left nothing for that school. No, they they. they they, that's, then that's just how it was. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that U.S., as much as they imported an entire offense, I don't think you can import an entire defense. I think that's a, I think that's ultimately a tougher thing to do because with a quarterback, you can change so much. There's no singular player on the defense that you can import that can have that much of an impact as a quarterback can. Well, you need to bring in a lot, and that's apparently what Oregon is doing as mm-hmm. they went and they got Evan Williams, which... Yep. Uh, safety from Fresno. Apparently, they're going to get the edge rusher out of South Carolina, um, who had like sixty tackles, mm-hmm. handful of sacks, seven and a half tackles for loss, three sack, three and a half sacks, or something like that this past year at South Carolina. Who was a, I believe, a former five star recruit. Like you go and you just try to get those bodies. You fill in where you can, um, and you try to get all of them. And that's going to be that's the hardest part for everybody though is that you're staring down the barrel of a Georgia team that they're just reloading. And unlike Georgia, 
Alabama has now been losing dudes to the transfer portal. I mean, and that that's the interesting part out of all of this is Alabama was like one of those programs where they looked and appeared to be portal proof. Oregon has benefited in getting a wide receiver out of the portal from there. Uh, they've got a couple defenders that are heading very various places and across the Pac-12. Alabama getting hit by the portal is something that you, you never thought would happen. In Georgia, that's one of the benefits of playing in the playoff and playing for this long is you're holding on to your guys. Mm-hmm. They, they're not they're not wanting to leave when they're riding a high like this. And now you only you have a short window before the portal shuts back off. And that's going to be the interesting part is, are, are there any defections from Georgia um, after this national title game? And you go back-to-back, back, no. Why would there be? Because well, I mean, you have a chance of history going three-peat. You're, you are going to get guys who are top-flight recruits who maybe don't crack the rotation early or have an injury. See Eric Armstead. Or not Armstead. Uh, uh, Gilbert. Okay. The tight end. Yeah. You're 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 gonna see those guys. He's in his third school. Yeah, but I mean, he's a bad example. But you know yeah. what I mean. Like yeah, you're yeah, you're gonna get yeah. those guys. Yeah, I, got, I got you. Yeah, you're 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 gonna. I mean, hell, uh, Dorian Singer leading Arizona for sure. for a USC. You're gonna get guys here or there that either won an opportunity or I guess Georgia's not a great example of that because you're you know top of the food chain in the sense of exposure. No, you can't get any higher. Yeah, but you will see those still. Yeah. Like in uh, there was an article in the LA Times about Georgia. This. Um, heading into the national title game, how they were not necessarily proud, but proud of the fact that they didn't bring in a transfer in the transfer okay. portal last year. And it, and and Kirby Smart kind of sell, sold it as, we're not really losing our guys. No. They will eventually. That that will happen. NIL, the opportunity of playing time, the the leveling of the playing field, like they will no matter how no matter what they say. Alabama was that school. Mm-hmm. Alabama is losing guys left, right, and center. Gosh. But uh, right now, Georgia is. But right now, they're right now, man. Yeah, they are, and they are incredibly fun to watch. I, I love watching them play when they are locked in and they are tuned in. It is a different brand of football, and that is the most fun part. Is that he said, "Leave no doubt." Kirby Smart kept saying, "Leave no doubt, leave no doubt." Dude, there was no doubt. That is the best team in college football, and it wasn't even close this year. Not even close. 503-250-1080. That is the fan text line. Um, We missed something uh, from yesterday. Never got a chance to get to it, but uh, while we're on the topic of college football, I want to touch on something that it's getting even better. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. Huge news out of the Pac-12 yesterday that we didn't get to because we had so much NFL to get to. We had Blazers stuff. We had the national championship game. Uh, But the University of Utah got two massive announcements. And the first one that rolled through was that uh, tight end Brant Keithy, who Dude. is a monster, who only played in four games this mm-hmm. past year and got injured, he announced that he will return to Utah for a sixth season. Which is interesting because he's an NFL guy. Yeah, the injury, I think, though, looming, kind of hanging above him, have a healthy year yeah. and then go in. Um, so Brant Keithy going to return to Utah. 
And then it was like, well, if Keithy's coming back, he's obviously not going to be flying blind without a quarterback. Mm -hmm. We saw in the Rose Bowl, excuse me, we've seen in the Rose Bowl now two years in a row, without Cam Rising, Utah is not the same. No, They were always a quarterback away. They finally got Cam Rising. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, Cam Rising announced he's going to return for another year. And we talked to him at Pac-12 Media Day, and he was good as gone after this year. Yeah, he was... He was very much everything he said was with a wry smile and of a this this is my last ride kind of a deal and he's it's funny because he's a California kid who's got some Texas in him oh yeah and the uh, hype video that Utah ran out was kind of a, a Texas tribute with him and his in, in in the pickup truck firing it up with Bad Moon Rising playing over top it was it was great but we we've talked about this a ton. With Cam Rising coming back, that's now 10 of the 12 schools in the Pac-12 with a dude at quarterback. Yeah, Stanford and Cal are the only ones that that do not have a bona fide um, quarterback. Day one quarterback, for sure. This is crazy. This is crazy to think about because you just go down the list. You have the reigning Heisman winner in uh, Caleb Williams. You got Dante Moore, five-star a quarterback who is shining and was absolutely blowing people away down at the U.S. Army All-American game. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Bo Nix returning, Michael Penix returning, Cam Rising Cam returning. Rising might be the fifth or sixth best quarterback in the Pac-12, Sh- and he's a great quarterback. Shadur Sanders is at, at Colorado, which I still have my questions about because he did put up really good numbers. He was a highly touted recruit. He never played against an FBS mm-hmm. opponent last year. Like, the, He's probably was, the biggest question of the ten, right? Because Jaden Lore's solid, Cam Ward's solid. Uh, yeah, well, Cam Ward I do have questions about mm. because now he doesn't have Eric Morris with him. He, That's fair. And he comes back to Washington State with a new coordinator who's really young again. They had a 26-year-old coordinator out of Western Kentucky. Um, and it was a, he was a co-coordinator last year. Mm-hmm at Western Kentucky, which inherited a system that was putting up freakish numbers with Bailey Zappi the year mm-hmm. before. Like, there was a lot built in there, but people swear by him. Um, but having Cam Ward was attached at the hip with Eric Morris, and now Morris is at North, Te- North Texas. I do have a little bit of a question about how that works there, but uh, to see what Cam Ward was able to do this year, yeah, uh, I'd be pretty excited. You've got really dang good quarterbacks. And then Drew Pine, the Notre Dame transfer, is going down to Arizona State. Uh, from Notre Dame to Arizona State. And so they, Kenny Dillingham and his system, they've got a guy. They've got a guy who's experienced. Mm-hmm. they got a guy who can distribute the ball effectively. He's not, Drew Pine is not a Heisman candidate. He's a game manager. But he's really damn good at it. But here's the thing. I don't say that like as, as a negative Having a game manager in college is better than most quarterbacks at most yeah. schools. Yeah, true. Having a quarterback that you can rely on to not make bad decisions is the best thing you can do outside of having like a yeah. Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback. And, you know, Tanner McKee uh, has declared for the NFL draft, so he's not coming back to Stanford. Mm-hmm. Um, Cal, they are, are going to be so bad. Cal had Jack Plummer uh, transfer, transfer to... Louisville to reunite with uh, Brom, mm-hmm. Jeff Brom, because he was his coach at Purdue, and now they're back together at Louisville. So this is this is fascinating. This is really fascinating. Of note in the portal right now, Sam Heward, the highly touted UW mm-hmm. uh, quarterback from a couple of years ago, son of uh, no, no, not Brock, Damon uh, Heward. Damon, he has entered the transfer portal, and he was a five-star recruit. He was one of 
I think he was number one or two quarterback in the in in the class of twenty twenty one. The pocket passers, yep. And so he is now entered the transfer portal, and he'll go try to find somewhere. That's else that's kind of crazy, right? That he's leaving that school. Well, I think he saw the writing on the wall when they took a look at him and said, "Hey, what's Michael Penix Jr. up to?" <laughs> <laughs> Worked out pretty well for him. Uh, yeah, Penix is. Think about this. Three quarterbacks. You have the reigning Heisman winner, mm-hmm. and then you got two other quarterbacks they, that they have very good odds. I think Bo Nix was uh, sixteen to one mm-hmm. when I when I saw them rolling that across the 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 ticker yesterday. You have three guys who should have legitimate candidacy candidacy for a Heisman Trophy. And then if you want to put Cam Rising and Utah wants to make a push for that, he's certainly he, a dark horse. His in that. importance mm-hmm. is. You can't un- uh, overstate it enough how important he is to Utah. Well, and think about this with uh, Penix and, and Knicks. They're both a bad decision and an injury away from being Heisman finalists. That's that's the reality. Is, yep. it, you know, Penix takes a little bit better care of the ball, and uh, Knicks doesn't roll his ankle. Yep. They're, they're both in New York. And I don't want to go this entire segment without <clears throat> mentioning... Wow. Wow. That's... You, you're right there, Kermit. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> DJ Ungalele at, at Oregon, at Oregon State. State yes, yeah, it's going to be crazy. It, it, the Pac-12, the last year of the Pac-12, they're going out with a bang. Uh huh. And uh, USC and UCLA can go and screw the, themselves. Uh, over you got the here. dump I'm machine. All right <laughs> I'm all right with that. Just watch them crash and burn. All right, 503-250-1080. That be the fan text line. Uh, we got a ton still to get to from the NFL leftovers, including a question, a one-burning question about the future of the quarterback position. Danny and Dusty on the fan. 